welcome to Life Goes On. It's your lovely host, Brandy. And Jitsine. So what are we talking about today? <laughs> Shoes. Oh, oh, this is this is a spicy probably topic. Going to be one of my favorite topics. Um, Every topic is your favorite topic, girl. <laughs> They don't have to know that. <laughs> but um, this topic is um, very, very important to me, very near and dear to my heart. And um, I have experienced so much around this topic. Um, we are going to be talking about the fact that my Afro is not corporate enough, but my life is going to have to go on still. Ooh, girl. Mm-hmm. Girl. Mm. So we are diving into it all as black women in the professional world at this yep. moment in time it mm. is tough yeah from when it comes to our hair mm-hmm. to code switching mm-hmm. to your name on a resume mm-hmm. the mm. application processes everything all of it mm. let's get into it okay where do we start where do we start where where do we start, do we start? <laughs> i'm gonna start with the hair okay let's just jump in to okay. talking about hair so um as we know, and I think, you know, even if you're not in the professional world yet and you're, you know, still in high school, um, I think as women of color, I should say, or even like men of color also, like we know that society's view of what is professional is different and does not usually incorporate our culture. Um, who we are, what naturally comes out of our head, and our natural communication styles, um, because the standard of what is professional is based off of a white person. It is. Mm-hmm. It's based off of the European, European culture. culture. Yeah. Yep. And so, as black professionals. Um, I've seen multiple things through social media, through articles and everything of uh, people, people of color trying to not only keep their authentic selves, but like navigate what that professional world is like to be professional, but also be black, you know, not just be professional, but like you have to be you are professional and a black person. So like trying to understand that, trying to work through that. It's so difficult when society doesn't allow you to be both. Yep, they don't. Doesn't allow you to be both. So I actually did a presentation um, at one of my internships to the staff. And one of the things that I did was I did a Google activity. Mm-hmm. So I had everyone Google search um, professional hairstyles. Versus unprofessional hairstyles. Mm, So that we could have a conversation about the difference. So professional was um, Caucasian women's straight hair. Sometimes the bun. In a bun. Mm -hmm. Usually like that prom style with like Mm -hmm. the little curls in the back with the pins. Mm -hmm. That's a professional style. A nice updo. And then the unprofessional hairstyles were legitimately... Y'all can Google search it for yourselves. Legitimately... A black woman's natural hair mm. nothing done to it the hair that is growing out of her scalp mm. unprofessional like 4c hair 4b mm. 4c so what did that what did that conversation start like how did what came out of that conversation i should say so basically in general it was about helping 
us to understand the biases mm-hmm. about how color impacts professionalism. Yeah. So I dove into that. I dove into when we think of a professor versus an assistant professor. A mm. professor is usually a um, a white, uh, white individual, a white male, mm-hmm. or um, and then an assistant professor is usually a person of color, whether mm. that's of Indian descent, etc. Mm-hmm. So it was just to start a conversation of what are these messages on our, you know, what we're absorbing. Mm-hmm. What is that saying about how we perceive people of color, color in the professional world? It was a great conversation. That's so. good. Yeah, that's good. So like as young professionals that you know we i'm pretty sure you've experienced times where you know i should i'm gonna say your professional was questioned your professionalism was questioned or your professional character was you know questioned by an aspect of you being black Mm -hmm. Uh, how did how was that experience um what experience was that how was that and like how did you navigate that couple of things i think first was probably when it came to my hair Mm -hmm. so i started i had my hair perm relaxed for a while um but when i started when i got older i stopped relaxing my hair Mm -hmm. and that's kind of the age that i was getting into my professional career so i felt like if i was wearing a bun i had to slick down Mm. my edges so that it looked remotely presentable Mm -hmm. Or I felt as though I needed to wear weaves that had um, a wavier texture texture and pattern so that I wouldn't be judged for, like, Mm. my hair. Um, And it's sad that when I walk into a room, I know that people are looking at what I'm wearing Mm -hmm. and how my hair looks as opposed to the content of what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, And I think also with professionalism... A lot of it is based around how I interact with other people Mm -hmm. because I'm just authentically myself. Like Mm -hmm. if you see me in the cafeteria or with um, other people or my friends, I'm authentically myself. And sometimes that's loud. Sometimes that's me laughing hysterically. Mm -hmm. And if that's rambunctious to you, then that's on you. Definitely. Definitely. Ooh, definitely. Oh my gosh, man. You all, I've been waiting to talk about this forever. Um, I think, you know, Brandy was an, was a eyewitness to my whole experience on like my professionalism being questioned from the, whew, Jesus, I'm gonna try to be calm when I share this story. So I think, so for me, um, as you said, like you're someone who's very authentic in yourself, um, you know, the same person you carry, the same person you are with me is the same person you are, you know, when you're in front of, of people talking about whatever. Um, and I hold true to that also. Um, no, I didn't say that. I think you said you said your your authentic self, like your your authentic self, yeah. regardless. Oh, my authentic self. That's but what like I, yeah. when it comes to like. Oh, we're gonna get into code switching. Later. Okay. I'll wait. I'll wait on it. I'll wait on it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but for me, like you know, I bring my authentic I should say my authentic self everywhere I go um and I think when I started graduate school 
Um, because I, in college itself, I think there are some people who, you know, commended me for, you know, being myself, commended me for. So even before I entered college, I was one to, I've, I've been natural all my life. Um, so I should start with that. I've been natural all my life. I've never, um, <laughs> I've never gotten a perm. Um, I personally don't believe in that. Um, my mother did not believe in that. Um, yeah, my mother didn't even let me get a trim. That's how thin she was. Like she would like oppose to, um, no scissors in next to her face type of thing. Um, but you know, I think in a way for me, it helped me really embrace and, you know, understand the beauty behind my hair. So I came into college, you know, natural. Um, and for me, like what I would do if I would get you know tired of doing my hair or if like you know I had it in a protective style which was for me was twist and everything um I would wear headscarves I wore head wraps you know 24 7 so there were times during my um undergrad year where people knew like Matt a lot of people knew me as like yo that's the girl who wears headscarves and her headscarves are bomb so like when I would wear a headscarf I would make sure one it goes with my outfit two is you know like primmed and propped and like the way I tie it is on point and everything because it made me feel good it was basically you know I'm doing my hair but like I just so happened to have a head wrap on mm. um so for me that's how I did and I had no problem um I would go to hands down I would I went to interviews with a head wrap on I got the interview I got the job I should say and everything so for me like that was my you know start of okay like I can be professional and still wear a headscarf. I can be professional, you know, myself, my authentic self, and still, you know, have my hair in the afro. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't until I got to graduate school where um, people around me who were in different, in higher positions than me started to, you know, in a way try to Question. question, like, okay, like, I, I, ooh, I like, they would do the, I like your, um, what, what's that called? I would say headscarf. Oh, okay. You know, I didn't want to get it wrong or anything. Um, okay, it's a headscarf. I like it. I like it. But I also like when, like, your, your hair is out. Um, you know, <laughs> I'm like, oh, so, okay, whatever. But, um, I went through that with, you know, a few people. I even had, you know, someone, basically tell me that I need to be one day they would tell me that oh your headscarf is really nice but if they would advise me oh if you're going to a meeting with you know the president of the school maybe you should you know do your hair so for me I'd be like okay do I'm gonna do my hair yeah do my hair in my head my I'm hair like, is done in my head I'm like I got twisted under my braid I'm under my headscarf my hair is done it's just not out right now but they would in a way try to allude to the fact that you know a headscarf is not professional for them mm -hmm. um and if i had my hair out and like when i have my hair out it's usually like you know out out for real they would make comments in the sense of oh you know a bun would be cute or you know um have you ever thought about getting weave um, have you ever thought about getting twists in your hair? Oh, and these no. were the questions that would be, you know, thrown at me in the sense of to make me feel as though, you know, my natural hair, my natural, I, you know, my expression of, you know, my beauty or whatever 
and how I connected it to my professionalism, my professional being professional wasn't professional for them. Um, because, you know, we do work at a predominantly white institution at the moment. And for them, it's like it's it's exotic when you have your hair out. It's crazy. And it's, it's, it's annoying. But that was a start, you know, that my professionalism was called in question from like my body image as you said too brandy but then it started to get into the way i would say hi to certain people Mm. the way i would interact with certain people um the way overall i would present because i'm also someone like i love to present like ask anybody around me like i love to present and like the way i'm talking in this mic is literally how i will present like hands down there's no change there's no difference um i'm not gonna try to embellish and add words you know big words to make it sound you know a little bit more proper no like i'm gonna whatever i'm bringing to the office with students i'm gonna bring to the same office with um staff members um she's not lying uh, seriously like that's how i am like um i've had people say like oh i really admire you for that like you know you don't switch up which you know we'll get into code switching right now. Like, there are times where I've had pe- I've had people tell me like, oh, like, you know, I like how you bring yourself everywhere. And then I'm like, who, who else am I gonna bring? Those dumb- <laughs> <laughs> like, who else am I gonna bring? <laughs> who else did you invite? Exactly. Like, <laughs> you you invited Justine, Judy, and Jude, all three of them at the same time. That's a problem. <laughs> um, but yeah, like for me personally, I have code switched a little bit but like i've gone to the point where like i don't have time for that <laughs> i really don't i can't y'all i have become a code switching connoisseur it's like really freaking it's hilarious. too much like <laughs> jude be looking at me and she'd be like who is right that? i'm like Bra- <laughs> no it's not it's not brandy blaze it's miss blaze <laughs> so okay jude like, no, I'm a but challenge, like, I'm a challenge you. <laughs> what are you gonna challenge me to? Do your best code switching voice. Oh, my best code switching voice. <laughs> okay, okay. So I have to say like a certain phrase for okay. me to be it. Okay. Let's so do. listen. So yeah, I work at I work for the center. <laughs> Stop. This is so good, y'all. So I work for the Center for Inclusive Excellence. Okay, at my school, um, it's like the Diversity and Inclusion Center. So this is how I would. <laughs> this is how I would pick up the phone. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. She really does pick up the phone like this. Okay. I can't, I can't, I can't. Or do you want to do it of each other? Hold on, no, I got it, I got it. You got to give me a second because I'm laughing too much. Okay, okay, go. All right, I got it. Hello, this is Jatine Felix with the Center for Inclusive Excellence. How may I help you? I don't know why I do that thing at the end where like I lift up my voice and yeah. then, like I go higher, but you know that's for me yeah. that's like I think that's the biggest and like <laughs> biggest difference with like my code switching. Mm-hmm. It's the biggest one. Yeah. Okay, now you have to do your impression. I don't even know what to say. Um, say your name. Like, this is Brandy Blaze speaking. How may I help you? Or maybe I'll do like a. <laughs> I'm trying to think of something that I do on the regular. That's what you do when I when when I um call your office. Oh oh okay. Or if like someone comes into my office, oh, okay, go I'll ahead. Be like um. <laughs> you see, it's not funny. <laughs> okay, okay. 
hi, is there anything that I can help you with? Okay, y'all see, y'all hear that? Y'all hear the difference? So y'all know that there's this movie um, called, I think, Caller, or like The Call, mm-hmm. where it's literally all about um, this black man who works for a calling agency, like a calling company, mm-hmm. and um, I think it's like The Voice or something, but like he starts off like, calling and like using his regular voice Mm -hmm. but then he has to in order for him to succeed he has to use his white voice Mm. and when he puts on his white voice like he skyrockets and like you know exceeds everybody and i think that movie just goes to show it's real it's a real movie Mm -hmm. that movie just goes to show the fact that um we as black professionals are continue like, unfortunately like i feel like we are continuing the um message of what is professional and wh- why it's still continue being based off the european culture um with like the idea of code switching with like you know when you answer a phone call but like at the same time it's like we can't blame ourselves because like if you are if you really are your true authentic self everywhere you go especially in this society like are you really gonna get as far as you would hope Mm. and like that's what's sad to think about it's like i'm not gonna get i know chances are i'm not gonna be able to get to where i want if i open the door and i say my name is judsine felix not judsine felix The fact that we, even down to the way we alter our names. Yeah. Yo, my mom. Just to make it convenient. Yo, my mom hates that. Like, I remember one time, I think I, like, someone had said my name, and my mom looked at me, and she was like, she looked at me, and then she looked at the person, she was like, that's not her name. I was like, uh, sorry? She's like, that's not what I called you. And she told me that because she said, if white people yes i'm calling y'all out i'm sorry i'm gonna call y'all out that's if, not calling you, you know what, that's who you are <laughs> if white people and like the european culture in america can wrap their mouths around saying phrases and names like michelangelo they can say our names correctly mm-hmm. point blank period or when you tell them the correct pronunciation of your name and they still pronounce it incorrectly or or I hate when I see people say um, to other students, "Do you have a nickname?" Yeah, that is so disrespectful. It's like it's like I I don't have I don't have the time or the respect to say your name the proper way, right? And like the way, like say your name for real. At the end of the day, it's your name. So I'm just gonna ask you for an easy way out. Honestly, like listen, Melissa, pronounce it right. Honestly. <laughs> I'm no, I'm serious. Listen, Melissa. Yeah. And Jick. Listen, Jick. Okay. Jick. Say it right. Jick. Okay. My name is Judson Felix. Okay. Not Judson Felix. Okay. Judson. You know how many times like people got my name wrong? It's like when they look at it, the first thing I've heard. Yo, is someone definitely. Yo, definitely someone today in our meeting today like, called you Judith. Judith, yo, I was like, you know, so oh. I'm not, I'm not mad at that one though, because that's my mama, so oh, like okay, I'm not mad at that's it. That's not you. No, that's cool. That's but not like, you though. That's I'd, not you though. Listen, I'd rather that than Judasine. <laughs> yeah, yo, 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 
there's one person i'm sorry y'all like i'm getting we're getting like really into it there's this one person don't like, fire as us. many times <laughs> i'm not gonna say the person's name as many times we as all I, know I like pronounced about. their my name as many times i've like i spelled it out for them they asked me for the pronunciation the phonetic <laughs> thing and everything to this day and age I've, I've known this person for so long this day and age they still call me justine <laughs> Wait, someone definitely called you that at today's meeting, too. Yeah. And I was like, Alex and Mo was like, it's, that's not it. You know when they said that? I was like, just call her Jude or Judy. Yeah. Because Cause if you're going to butcher it, it's just like, call don't her even, by. Don't even. She likes her nicknames, too, but just, just stop. Yeah. Another thing that I do want to talk about is Amanda Seals also has a podcast. It's called Small Doses. And um, one of her episodes was the side effects of forget exactly the title but it was about like white women and how they are very passive aggressive in like their emails oh my gosh i see it all the time oh my gosh i sometimes i just want to throw my computer and my emails out out the out the way because i just want to be like and it's not even just white women honestly it's just the professional culture that we're in today people will be passive aggressive with you through email and it even comes to the point where sometimes Jude and I will read our emails to each other, and I'm like, yo, is this, is this too hard? It's like, is this, we this literally have to say, is like, is this too aggressive? And that's a problem. Coming from black women, that's a problem. The fact that we have to check each other to be like, yo, is that is this email too aggressive? Because that kind of stuff will get you, sadly, in exactly. trouble. Exactly. Like, and it's, it's honestly, does me being direct make you uncomfortable? It really, it really does. It makes them uncomfortable. Why does that make you uncomfortable? Would you rather me beat around the bush? I don't have time to be passive aggressive. I have things to do. That's the biggest y'all. The thing, thing is, oh my, my the thing is that people have time. They have time that I don't have. Yeah, clearly, facts. you have time to send a passive aggressive email when you could come to my mm-hmm. face, come to my office, or give me a call and say what you gotta say. Yeah. And they don't. But that's a problem because you know I'm gonna come at you. They don't pay enough. Pay us enough for this. No, they don't pay us enough to be passive aggressive. That's what it is. No. Yo, I had the. <laughs> and I didn't grow up that way either. Yeah. Um. So y'all, I like actually recently sent this email. Um. And before I sent it, like I had Brandy read it for me like three times, right? And I was like, she was like, okay, like, that's that's good. I was like, okay, because, like, this is direct. I just need the answer. That's it. And um, I also am, like, if I open an email chain with somebody, it's like we're emailing, like, back and forth, really, like, reply, hit, reply, hit, reply. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be, like, um, flower, flowery anymore. Like, I'm not going to be, like, Hi, how are you? How's your day been? How's everything going? So just wanted I to hope know. this email finds you well. Yeah, best like, regards. Like I don't do that. I don't do that. Like you know, y- you'll be lucky if like you get all that flowery stuff in like the first email. Usually <laughs> it's just like a hi or hello, and then I start. But like, <laughs> especially if like I need an information like as soon as possible. Like I'm like you know, okay, this is this, this is this, this is this. Great. Let me know when you can get back to me. That's it. And for someone literally read my email was like, my tone in the email was disrespectful. And I'm sitting like, first of all, my tone in the email. That's the way you read it. Right? It's like, what? My tone in the email. Bruh. (laughs) I'm sorry. Bruh. It's like, what's wrong with you? All I said was A, B, and C. How are you going to add so many emotions to A, B, and C? 
And honestly, it was all facts. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think um, we are getting to, like, there's a generation that's coming up where it's like, we're just going to send. Because I think it's also, for us, we, although we didn't grow up with, like, technology right in our hands, um, we are exposed to social media and exposed exposed to technology and, like, text language that our text language Mm -hmm. is so direct. Like, okay, like, yo, what's up? Like, how are you? That's it. Like, oh, I need this, I need that. And, like, that's it. Like, we are direct when it comes to text language. Right, And so we need to understand that we are bringing that. And I think also, like, the generation before us needs to understand that we're bringing that into the workforce. And we're creating a new professional language where it's, like, direct cut simple that's it nothing else that's i I don't need anything else from you and when you're dealing with those who are not part of this generation they're gonna read into you know your email and be like wow this black girl is disrespectful it's like nah son it's not that i just need an answer to the question that's all i asked for i don't have time to write three paragraphs billy exactly i don't have time to soften you up and then ask my question right because if I was in front of you, I wouldn't do that. That's another thing. It's like if I was in front of you, I would just ask a question and you'd be fine with it. Exactly. But they can't do that. Mm. Another thing you mentioned is the tone. So oh how do gosh. you deal with this idea of being the angry black woman that people can kind of pinpoint on you oh with that gosh. tone, with that face? Yes, yes. My face sits this way mm-hmm. in meetings. No, um, I'm not upset. This is a good question because, like, I'm still trying to, you know, I wouldn't say navigate, but, like, I'm still trying to. Because I'm personally not not an angry person. Like, my authentic self, like, I'm not usually angry. And I think a lot of people assume that angry, like, when we as black women are direct, when we um, lead correctly, when we get what we need to get done, um oftentimes the way we go about it like they think we're aggressive they think you know and like when we hear that they think that we're aggressive we get upset and it's like why can amy be labeled as upset but i have i have to be labeled as angry Angry. like that's the issue right there and Mm -hmm. i've had multiple people tell me that like oh you know watch out and like not be so direct like aggressive in like certain things um you know basically like flower myself up or like primp myself up in order to be you know less of who I am in order to make someone else uncomfortable I mean someone else comfortable Mm -hmm. and that's a big issue I have but I think too it has to be some sort of a balance exactly because you also need to learn how to work with these people Mm -hmm. You know, you you do work together, so you need to learn how to kind of deal with yeah the way that they it's do the things that they do, and that's that's oh and Jesus. while also working your hardest to be your true authentic self, because at the end of the day, when you go to sleep at night, mm-hmm. that's it's you, yourself, and God exactly, and as long as you know you're walking away from whatever situation and being. If you're able to sleep at night, good. Like, you're good. Um, I think, like, that goes into, like, the idea of executive presence. Like, what is... Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I've had so many conversations and, like, so many different definitions of what 
people think executive presence should be as a black woman, what executive presence is, and how I, as Judson Felix, should go about creating my executive presence. So you're telling me that people tell you how to exhibit your executive presence? Yes, Brandy. Yes. That is disheartening. Yes, that's what I said. (laughs) (laughs) And it's, so like I've had the experience where, um, so like I think there when we me and Brandy both entered you know graduate school, um, um, I think we already walked in with because we've had we both on our ends, um, both have had experience in the professional world already. Mm-hmm. You know we're coming with coming into graduate school with like a background of already having a few positions, already understanding like you know what is professional, what is not, understanding you know where we kind of want to go and everything, right? Mm-hmm. And so. I think also at the same time we've had, we've seen when we're entering, we, we like had a few examples of like what executive presence is. Maybe I personally, maybe I didn't have the language to say like, Oh, like this person is exhibiting executive presence. But like, I personally knew that like, Oh, when I walk into a room or like when I do this or when I'm doing that, like I'm walking with a certain presence. Um, and so I had people kind of like try to mold me or like trying to change my true self, my true authentic self in order to fit what their idea of executive presence was. Mm. And so like one of the biggest things for me is because I'm, I'm yes, I'm a loud person. I know this. Everybody around me knows this. And that's not going to change. And so I've had people tell me that, like, wow, like, when you come into the room, like, in a joke, they do it in a joking way. It's like, oh, my gosh, like, everybody knows when, like, Jitsingh walks into the room. (laughs) But it's like, okay, (laughs) all right. But nobody knows when you walk into the room, Amy, because nobody cares. (laughs) Because you don't command presence. (laughs) I do. (laughs) No, seriously, this is this just trips me up. Mm-hmm. The fact that people have the time and the audacity to comment on who we are, yeah, and like how we carry ourselves. It's and like the thing, and the <laughs> thing is, when it comes to me, I could care less about you think, what yeah. you <laughs> facts, mm. facts, and it's and it's it's hard because you know, as young professionals coming into the workforce, you know, you often look for like those mentors or like those role models or those people to be like, Hey, like, you know, the way they command a room, you know, I want to be able to do that too. The way they, you know, carry themselves, the way they, you know, interact with exactly the way they demand respect. Like I want to be able to learn that. And so trying to look for that while also trying to look for yourself in that is hard because, you know, what if the person that the people that are around you are not your same are not people of color exactly like, how do you translate that you know oh i like how you know jake is always walking into room he's doing this he's doing that and like everybody looks at him but as a black man if i walk into that room and do the same thing jake does people are going to be scared exactly you know exactly one more issue quickly that I want to mention is the idea of 
us being unprofessional through our writing and our work. Mm. I have seen people of color having to submit their work for like a presentation, With a different name? No, they had to submit it to their supervisor so that they can approve that what oh. they're saying is is good enough, essentially. Mm. But you're not asking your what happened to me. Your your white intern to do the same. That your non person of color to do the same. Mm-hmm. What well, it's it's crazy. It's and you know the way crazy. the way they they say it is that like the supervisors would be like, oh, I want to make sure that like. We use the same language. No, you don't. It's like, okay, like if I'm sending an email or if I'm sending a work, you know, piece of work, like I want to make sure that like, you know, when you send it, we use the same language. Um, so like it's coming from the same area. But it's like, it's like it's like that in itself makes no sense for me. It's like if you hired me to do a certain job, like exactly. you believe in my professionalism, exactly. you believe in like my, the, my work ethic and everything, then, you know, you should be okay with me sending it without like you giving me the stamp of approval to say this is professional or not. But that's the problem in our work, Jude. And you know mm-hmm. this working in diversity and exactly. inclusion work. Exactly. People are hired to meet a quota sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They don't they don't really want you they want you to look good on their brochure. Exactly. The diversity hire. So like my <laughs> one of my big things is, is that like how do you like if you are the diversity hire and like when you get hired you're assuming that okay like I'm I'm hired because of you know my qualifications this and third but like down the line you find out that you're the diversity hire like mm-hmm, what do you right. do you know do you stay in the position because it's like dang like I really wanted this job like you know I can find an opportunity to be like you or, can do I feel like you can do one of two things one of two whoa (laughs) (laughs) you can do one of two things Mm -hmm. first off you can leave escape let them do this to someone else Mm -hmm. kind of a thing and not really address the root cause and or act as though it doesn't really exist Mm -hmm. it doesn't pertain to you when it does or you can use this as an opportunity to say hey i have my foot in the door yeah y'all thought i was your diversity hire but i'm gonna be here for the students of color mm-hmm. i'm going to be here for the be here for the people of color i'm going to address biases discrimination all of that stuff and it's tiring work to always feel like you have to as go a above person and of beyond. color you have to go above and beyond to make sure that people don't disrespect you mm-hmm. your culture your people or your authenticity mm-hmm that's hard. And it's tiring because honestly, I'm just as tired as you, Amy. Okay. <laughs> I barely slept. And now I have to deal with people and their microaggressions when all I need to do is prepare for a presentation. Okay. I'm tired. Listen, Jake, I'm we tired. cannot take it anymore. Okay, Jake from State Farm, we are tired. <laughs> and um. and throughout this podcast, though, y'all, like these are things that happen to majority of people of color yeah don't think that we're coming at one specific person um i mean if the slipper fits mm. that's you. i don't know what to tell you man yeah. but you know one thing that i want to just mention also like on that is that um i think as professionals you know 
as people of color, I think when we get into a workforce and we see an, a fellow professional of color, like we on, automatically gravitate towards them. Like we automatically be like, like I'm, I'm in it with you, you know, like we're in it together. You know, we have that connection. You know but at the, the same time, but at the same time, like I also want to give you all the advice and like just remember that there's this one phrase that says you're um, – Skin folk ain't always your kin folk. Yo, dude, get out of my head. Facts. And, like, it really is true because it's, like, just because that person, you know, probably understands that, like, yo, we probably were both the diversity hires. What we going to do? <laughs> but at the same time, it's, like, yes, they're, you share that connection of being people of color. But at the same time, like, underneath that, that's the person that you might not mess with. Seriously. Because we have seen it firsthand Ooh. that we were like, you can get so excited about having, you know, another person of color, you know, to be on your side, to be with you, to be down with you, but then turn around and they, one, they know they're their diversity hire, two, they're using it to advantage. I, I feel you use it to your advantage, but three, they're throwing all the people of the color under the bus and it's like, yo, what do you, I thought you were my boy, but it's like you didn't have anything. You don't. You don't owe me anything at the end of the day. You really don't. And it's like I can't expect you just because you're a person of color and like we both share the same profession. I can't expect you to be my best friend automatically. Yeah, cannot exactly. Cannot. That's honestly what I was going mm -hmm. to say. Yeah. That's a funny thing that I was going to say. Mm. Look at that. Mm connection mm, 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 mm. <laughs> but it's true and like just be careful with that you know don't go telling you know i think as professionals of color you know we often look for somebody to like as we're dealing with whatever we're dealing with you know as people of color we look for support within our you know profession within our group um but like what I've learned is that that support doesn't always have to be a person of color. Like, yes, it helps if, like, yo, you understand. You literally understand because you're going through it, too. But, you know, some of my greatest, my, my greatest supports on, you know, Regis College campus are not people of color. Mm -hmm. Yes, I have some, too. But, like, you know, I do also have, you know, my allies that understand not fully understand but like it's like wow i'm i'm here for you, you seriously seriously mm -hmm. and you need that you need that to be successful regardless wow yeah that was good this is this is that kind of felt so cathartic <laughs> to get that off <laughs> my chest you don't understand like how long we've been holding this in and how stressful we've been knowing all this and going through it. Um, and, like, we have reached the point where it's, like, we're trying to, as professionals of color, young professionals of color, we're trying to teach the students that we encounter every day the same things mm -hmm. that we're learning. Authenticity you is know. important. It really is. So, like we said in episode one, my life is a joke. This podcast is really about self-definition, mm -hmm. right? So navigating the professional world, yep. navigating school, mm -hmm. internships, full-time positions, relationships, all of that stuff. 
you really have to be true to your authentic self Mm -hmm. no matter what no matter what all right y'all once again it's brandy and jitsine and make sure to follow us um on instagram at life goes on podcast (laughs) and on twitter at life goes on pod (laughs) (laughs) p-o-d thank y'all so So, much for listening in just remember be life chasers (laughs) bye